Just a note before we get started, support for The Morning Agenda comes from Everance Financial, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everance.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Millions of dollars will be spent to reclaim mine land and improve water quality in the Commonwealth. And hackers hit the state court system's website. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Monday, February 5th, and this is being recorded at 9.16 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. Federal money headed to Pennsylvania is meant to help clean up old mine sites and improve water quality. My colleague Rachel McDevitt has the details. The Shapiro administration is giving out more than $101 million to 16 projects across coal communities to restore abandoned mine lands. The money comes from the 2021 U.S. Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The largest grants are going to active treatment plants. The Susquehanna River Basin Commission plans to use $68 million for a treatment plant in Tioga County. The Clean Streams Foundation is getting $24 million to build a plant in Indiana County. Now, other groups are planning passive treatments, which include creating wetlands to filter out pollution over time. In Clinton County, Trout Unlimited plans to use more than $600,000 for seven passive systems in Robbins Hollow that should help downstream trout populations. Many colleges in Pennsylvania are facing declining enrollment, but Anne Danahy with our friends at WPSU and State College reports the state's Commonwealth University is seeing an increase in the number of new students and applications. Commonwealth University is in its second year. It was formed by bringing together three state schools, Lock Haven, Mansfield, and Bloomsburg. The number of applicants for this fall's incoming class is up about 20%. Stephen Lee, Vice President for Enrollment Management, points to a few factors. First is a new curriculum faculty spent a year developing. Second is merit aid for students. We want to encourage them when they're in high school to think about higher education as a possibility rather than looking at the costs and immediately saying, my family can't afford it. Now, Commonwealth University has guaranteed admission agreements with more than 50 school districts in the state. Students in those districts can apply for and get scholarships as high as $7,000 a year. And there are scholarships for students outside those districts as well. State lawmakers are working to create a Department of Disability Rights, Employment, Accessibility and Mobility, or DREAM. My colleague Ben Wasserstein reports the agency would consolidate several offices to make the bureaucratic process a bit simpler for those with special needs. It isn't often that Pennsylvania creates a new department, but that is Jessica Benham's goal. The Allegheny County Democrat is trying to create the Department of Disability Rights, Employment, Accessibility and Mobility, or DREAM, after a previous attempt never made it to the floor. She says the department is necessary given the complicated nature of navigating the government. One of the things that I have seen now that I'm kind of on the inside of the government process is just how terrible the bureaucracy of state government and services are for folks to navigate. And that becomes even more complicated potentially when when somebody has a disability. Benham says the goal is to streamline bureaucracy as best as possible. And this means moving certain offices out of other departments. For example, the Office for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing is housed under the Department of Labor and Industry. 
Westmoreland County has pulled $150,000 in funding from a nonprofit that serves people in addiction and recovery. Sarah Bowden is with our partner WESA in Pittsburgh, and she reports on the small syringe service program that's jeopardized funding. When people who use drugs have access to sterile syringes, they're less likely to develop life-threatening health complications and are more likely to enter treatment. And that's why the executive director of a nonprofit service provider, Favor Western PA, has been willing to hand out syringes. But because of Pennsylvania's drug paraphernalia law, many syringe programs in the state are not receiving opioid settlement money. Favor was slated to receive 150000 of those dollars, and despite the fact that no money was meant for syringe services, Westmoreland County Commissioner Douglas Chu says it's too risky to fund the organization. If we were to end up in a lawsuit, the litigation costs would be enormous, and it's just not worth taking that risk on for my taxpayers. Addiction medicine specialists and advocates are urging the state legislature to pass laws that would make syringe services explicitly legal in the Commonwealth. And just a note, this story was reported in partnership with Ed Mahan of Spotlight PA. So on this Monday morning, when I got into the office at Odark 30, I went through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania looking for a few stories just to pass along to you. And I came up with a couple. So here's the first one. Portions of the Pennsylvania court's website are down due to a cyber attack. It's affecting court web services, including the use of online docket sheets and the guardianship tracking system. State Supreme Court Chief Justice Deborah Todd says their technology and executive team is working closely with law enforcement, including the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the FBI, to investigate the incident. A denial-of-service cyber attack occurs when malicious actors flood the targeted host or network with traffic until the target cannot respond or simply crashes. Todd says there is no indication any court data was compromised at this point in the investigation. And police have shot and killed a man at a Hanover gas station after they say he pointed a gun at officers who were trying to arrest him on an outstanding warrant. An arrest warrant had been issued for 37-year-old Richard Bolin on aggravated assault and other charges after he was accused of brandishing a firearm at officers as he fled from a business Wednesday. Then on Friday, Hanover police responded when his SUV was spotted at a Sunoco gas station. Officers say as they entered the store, Bolin ran out the back and then circled around to the front of the station while driving a handgun. Now, when he reached the front, he encountered more officers and pointed the gun at them. Officers then fired several rounds, killing him. York County prosecutors have asked state police to investigate, and as is standard procedure, the Hanover officers who fired were placed on administrative duty pending the outcome of the investigation. Here's a reminder that The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast, on WITF's YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to, and on the NPR One app. Be sure to check out our monthly Spotify playlist as well and give us a like there. It's called the Morning Agenda Song of the Day, February 2024. And my song of the day to start off this work week is from the Afghan Wigs, a deep cut. 66 is the name of the song. A big thanks to Everence Financial for supporting the Morning Agenda, empowering members to align their investments with their faith and values. Learn more at everence.com slash centralpen. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. And that is going to do it for The Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda 
is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Be well, enjoy this Monday, and we'll talk again tomorrow.